The Jeremiah Show is brought to you by Franny Annie's Infant Care. My name is Franny Higgins, owner of Franny Annie's Infant Care. I care for infants and toddlers in a beautiful home environment in Santa Barbara, where even the youngest infant spends much of the day outdoors. The unique relationships formed every day with each child provides me with abundant joy and a love for my work. We currently have room for children two to four years old. Text me at 805 689 this is the show that pulls back the industry curtain we're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D, broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in LA, Santa Barbara, AM 1290, KZSB, and FM 96.9, Santa Barbara, or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood on Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Good morning. It's Jeremiah's Morning Show featuring me, Jeremiah. And Mariel Hemingway, Melissa Yamaguchi, TV's Tim Stack, and Mike Gormley. Strap in. Here we go. Good morning. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Dr. D, how you doing today? Wasn't that a good weekend we had up there at the Hitching Post Winery oh. and the con- summer concert series? Weather could not have been better. It was perfect for us. Even though I was sitting in the sun listening to Jeff play his trumpet and his one-man band, uh, Ness, if yeah. you will, at the, uh, at in the front of the, that Airstream. That Airstream. was very cool. I always call it a Gulfstream. Gulfstream, It doesn't yeah. fly, though, does it? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> that's true. It does not. But you know what? But we don't know that it doesn't have wings. We don't. And, and you know, in my mind it does mm-hmm. you know, like, use your imagination Dr. absolutely just, but that was just, fun it really was it was great and uh, frank was running around uh, with his lovely wife got to meet her for the first time taking care of his guests and i was so i had so ad- much admiration for him because it's you know being in the business all the years and you see an owner still working the, the the crowd and working the making sure the guests are taken care of i just thought it was awesome um again it's that time again we've got arwin lewis back yeah uh, with the Hitching Post Winery Summer Concert Series. It happens every Sunday, but not every Sunday forever. Like all things good in life, it does end, and it ends in three weeks. you got three more shows, so get up there on Sunday, 2 to 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arwen's coming up next, and, and she's introducing a new artist to us, musician Parker Scott, uh, which I can't wait for. And by the way, this is, uh, just, to, just to let you know, um, Spencer... 
is in Barnett's is in the uh, studio today. Spencer the Gardener. I saw his film last Saturday. I'm going to tell you all about it. We've also got Robert Redfield, the director of Spencer's of the film. You got to see it. So I don't know where it's playing yet. We'll find out today. But this is I'm declaring this Spencer the Gardener week. I like it. So we've uh, we've been promoting this film all week. I, that's how much I loved it. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up here and get right to the uh, Arwen Lewis is gonna take over the show. I will be here just as an observer, which is very nice. Well, I'll be like Doctor D. <laughs> I'm gonna get in his space over there. there He's you got go. all these computers and knobs and stuff. I'm gonna Sit see back what, in the corner. I'm gonna see what you back do. Back and yeah, just I'm relax. Gonna, can I come play with your no- those knobs? With those, <laughs> those knobs, knobs. Yes, you can play with those <laughs> those knobs. knobs. Yes, those buttons. Can I push? them I, I push your buttons all the time so no, that's a whole nother thing <laughs> you're listening to the jeremiah show we'll be right back I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Hey, this is Jeff Stunk Baxter. We all need to keep our veterans, men and women who serve, who are on the wall and who were on the wall in our hearts at all times. Sometimes they need help. There are a number of organizations that are dedicated to helping our veterans. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected and that you won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. And uh, I'm part of the band Walk the Whale. You can find it at walkthewhale.com as well as a link tree to all relevant social media platforms. And I'm here on The Jeremiah Show. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freebie, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny, it's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. He said he found himself and gave away the things he called his own. told his friend things he'd seen in her but could not comprehend so taken back by what he had just said he cried
co-host is back, Dr. D. Singer, songwriter Arwen Lewis is back in studio. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Jeremiah. And I love this. You're bringing local artists, music artists to the show, to the studio, in fact, for a private concert. Lucky you, Dr. D. Love it. Love it. Our special guest on the show today is musician Parker Scott. You can see Arwen Lewis at arwenlewismusic.com and on Instagram at arwenlewis. YouTube, Arwen Lewis. So, take it away, Arwen. It's all—it's your show. I, I get to go to the beach. You want to go? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Well, this is a special day. It's summer solstice. Great day for me to have my first show. Thank you, Jeremiah. And let's welcome a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist from the band Walk the Whale, Parker Scott. Parker, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for showing up. Oh, totally. That's uh, the least I could do. Well, you know. You've got your cello here. Very true. Acoustic guitar. Also true. Your voice. Definitely. Coffee confirmed. cup. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's here. It says the Jeremiah Show right on it. Yeah, and we're here to talk about your musical journey. So tell me, Parker, where did your musical journey begin? Um, you know, if we go way back, probably six years old, taking piano lessons for a few weeks before my teachers got frustrated. Were you not enjoying the lessons? Oh, I was enjoying them way too much. (laughs) (laughs) The teachers weren't so much, however. And why was that? Because I didn't want to learn how they wanted to teach me, which in hindsight, you know, they were the adults. They knew better. But I was a kid and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But I kept playing regardless, figuring things out. And did you develop your own style? Uh, You know, over time, it's always a developing thing. Did you move on to another instrument right away? No, I, well, I stayed with piano for, until I was like nine, then I learned trumpet, then I got braces and didn't want to join marching band, so I learned cello because you can't march with one of those. And so where did you play the cello when you were performing or did you perform with the cello right away? No, I learned cello when I was 13 because I saw the movie Master and Commander and there was a great scene where they played a Bach cello suite on a boat. Okay. And I never seen the instrument or heard of it before, but I was like, oh, that sound is really good. I want to learn how to do that. So then that Christmas, you know, Santa brought me a cello and the rest is history. You know? Did you start writing right away? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, there was this kid in my freshman year English class. I don't know how specific we want to get. Specific. Oh, okay, because I don't know his address offhand, but I'll look it up later so you can find him. <laughs> but he, we had to do a project about Apollo, the god of the sun, and uh, we ended up writing a song about Apollo, the god of the sun. He was the most beautiful one. He's the one who had all the fun. I still remember it, obviously. But, I, you know, he wrote the song on guitar, and I, like, I watched him write the song, and I was like, you know, that was actually really easy and fun, and it was, like, for a school project. Mm-hmm. And then I started trying out the guitar probably the next week on my dad's busted old 70s guitar that had, you know, strings that felt like razor wire. But it couldn't stop me, you know. So I started, you know, mimicking songs that I'd heard before and under the guise that they were my own creativity. And uh, eventually you move past your adolescence and you come to your own voice closer. 
Well, when did you start performing? Did I answer your question? Yeah, I asked you, you know, like, when did you start writing songs? Ah. And that's how we ended up with that answer. (laughs) 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 When did you start performing? Oh, oh, yikes. I mean, you know, in, in schools, you know, you go to the concert band and... Everybody sits there for two hours while you squeak out whatever it is. So, I mean, you perform in that kind of place. Mm-hmm. I think I was 16 the first time I ever performed, like, singing into a microphone with a guitar, like, on a stage. It was some divey beach bar in Cocoa Beach, Florida. I'm from Florida. And uh, my dad's friend was playing that bar that night, and he was kind enough to let me come up and do a few songs. So I feel like it was something like one original that I had written when I was 14 mm-hmm. and then like Wish You Were Here and then Stairway to Heaven because those were the big obvious songs that I'd learned first. Like Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Pink Here? Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here okay. and then Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. So you sang both those songs and played them on guitar? I did. The Led Zeppelin, you know, the ending of that song was a little too high for my voice so I took it down the octave. It was it was probably very terrible. Like, you know, but it was the first time I'd ever, like, done anything like that. And then, like, a decade went by before I did it again. Oh, wow. It took that long time. Oh, yeah. I went to a music college mm-hmm. where I studied composition and music theory. And nothing like academia to really beat, you know, the spirit from you. Yeah. So it took a while to, like, I learned a lot um, yeah. about music and about life. But it took a while before I felt confident enough in myself to, like, go back out there. Because you walk, you know, when you're 18 years old, you... You're arrogant. You're like, I can take on. I'm better than all these people, all these old farts, you know. And then I realized I wasn't. Well, I would disagree after seeing you perform. Uh, we met at a venue called Lost Chord, right? That's Lost true. Chord that was Car. maybe about not even six months ago. Yeah, not even How six months ago. How time drags. How time drags is right. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's been really great to watch yeah. you and Logan perform together. And I have to say, when I saw you guys play the first night, I was like, where did these guys come from? Because it's this crazy fusion of, like, pop with power pop and rock ballads and alternative creativity. And where did you guys develop your sound? Or how did that come into fruition? Oh, God. Well, if the listeners out there want to see what my bandmate Logan and I do on stage you can go to our Walk the Whale YouTube channel and watch videos but we I moved out to California about a year and a half ago from Florida because I wasn't doing anything better with my life and Logan was writing songs and Logan is like a true classical musician historically so when I came out to visit them I was so shocked that Logan was writing what he described as pop songs it's like that you've been pretentious sorry Logan pretentiously in love with art music for years so it was very strange to hear him say he wanted to do pop music but you know he's a musician so i was staying on their couch that weekend and i picked up i want to say it was i don't even know i must have picked up the bass guitar to like play along with whatever he was showing me and i realized like oh man being like and even a semblance of a band is way more fun than like going out and like by yourself so I was like you know my best friend he writes songs that I like I like playing with other people because it's always been more fun to like jump in for somebody else for me like support them and add my own thing to it yeah because then you're just like decorating an existing structure 
which I think is fun. Well, and it gets you thinking outside of the box too, rather. It, it makes things less pedantic because I feel that way too. Like when I'm playing by myself, I enjoy, you know, creating the bones, but I have way more fun when I'm collaborating with somebody else and I get oh. to speak the lay. It's like speaking to somebody else rather than speaking to myself alone. Right, yeah, no, it's... <laughs> It feels like it goes somewhere when you're with somebody else because you're bouncing ideas off each other. And I would, you know, be in my little music room over and throughout all this time, like writing little jingles and jangles that were like fun and stupid. And I would sit down, I would play them, and I'd remember none of it later. So like all these ideas would come to me and then they would vanish and like I was left with zero product. Well, is that and, how you got into recording? I mean, I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, and then, you know, when, you, when you're when you playing something with somebody else, you then have to have it exist and be able to explain what it is to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you start remembering it when you have to actually, like, say it goes from a G to a C chord or whatever that song may be. Mm-hmm. And then you remember, and it becomes more and more real. And it's like another weird thing as a songwriter that was so interesting as a hurdle to get over and still get over is, like, when is a song real... And when is the song done? You have to know when to stop. I agree with oh, you, yeah. too. But you also have to know when to allow yourself to get creative. And I think recording is a really good tool for that because you oh, get the yeah. bones down and then you can go in there and edit in a way that you can't comprehend when you're just sitting there playing a song oh. and working it out with somebody. Right. You'd never have thought that the backwards piano through a underwater filter was going to like make that one spot sound cool. Like, that's not going through your head when you're like, what is this song about? Or, like, what chords should I use? Like, all of the, as we say, ear candy that can come out later is a really fun thing to add. Which is why I always liked playing with other people, because, like, when they're, they got the song, you know, they're the ones playing it. You're just there to add, like, the extra sizzle. Well, yeah, um, but we will say that you don't really play with too many other people, especially oh, sure. in Walk the Whale, right? Because right. you play drums, yeah. bass, yes. cello. Yes. And sing and play guitar. Yes. And then Logan plays piano and cello and, and sings. sings. <laughs> right. And if you're confused, um, not all at once. Although when we're talking about me, it is kind of all at once. Usually my stage presence, which I'll probably be doing this Sunday at Hitching Post, is a kick drum with my right foot, a tambourine with my left foot, an instrument of some kind or another in my hands, and then air out in my mouth and sound and sound yes air and sound out right yes (laughs) not just heavy breathing (laughs) unless the song calls for that and there are times right sure absolutely um well where so who are your some of your biggest musical inspirations like what inspired you to play that way is it did it organically happen oh it organically happened we uh we initially had a drummer and um you know, we were a regular power trio, and uh, our drummer realized that he didn't like the stress of our very anal retentive musical style. <laughs> so he didn't, you know, he wanted to play with us. He didn't want to live the life of a of a band in twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three. So we had a show that we had already booked, and it was our only our second show. Um, and we played on a compost heap at somebody's urban garden farm. It's awesome. It was a vibe. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That was actually one of my favorite shows we ever lot. played. We definitely, like, we hung out. We, you know, it was a fun time. There were people tripping there, and I was jealous of them because I was like, I wonder what you're experiencing 
from hearing our songs in this mindset because I don't know what that's like. I hope it's cool, you know. Um, but we, you know, long story short, we'll salvage it. <laughs> um, we didn't have a drummer for that show, so we had like this list of twenty songs we had written with no drums now. So we were in a panic mode, and I had seen somebody like on the street, like hitting a tambourine with their left foot and like playing guitar. And I was like, okay, can I also do the kick drum? And can I also play cello while I do this? Because a cello is a nice instrument because you can pluck it and it can kind of imitate the role of a bass or a bass guitar in the instrumentation. Or when you use the bow, you can do something more like a lead solo or like chords with it if you swing it right. So the cello ended up being like a really versatile tool to use mm -hmm. for such a small band because it could create a lot of different sound and we didn't need extra people you know as as nice as a luxury as it would be to have a five-piece band we wanted to sound like that with as little as we could so logan plays piano and sings and the piano can play a lot of notes and logan is a piano virtuoso um so he can really get a lot out there all at once and then i do all my stuff all at once Right. And I think that's what makes it so interesting to watch you guys. And because you're capable of playing all these instruments at the same time, and because you're both so well versed musically, it looks cool. And it sounds unique, because even though, you know, you could have a band playing all those parts, it comes off differently when one person is doing that. And, um, you know, coming from this one type of energy you know and then you know putting you and logan together is just this kind of like ethereal alternative rock ballad pop avant-garde gem is what i would call it succinctly and, succinctly said thank you um well and so i was going to ask you it sounds like you already told me about some of your highlights from your career as a musician but sure. besides from the compost garden was there anything else that you really enjoyed um, as far as performance or recording goes? Um, well, we're working on, we have finished recording the EP. It's getting mixed now. And that'll be the first time in my life where I've had a tangible product to my name. And that's an amazing thing. I mean, it's, you know, you get to a certain age and you should have something to show for all the time you've walked around. And now it's happening. And I'm really excited about it. It's called Let Me Land. It's coming soon. <laughs> And it'll be on all the platforms. It'll be on all right? the platforms, but mostly check out the Walk the Whale website or Instagram. You'll come back here. I'll come back here and talk about it, definitely. Where did you record it? Uh, at home. Oh, okay. And then, no, just at home. Okay. Yeah, and we have uh, our friend Alex mixing and engineering for us, and then we got to get it mastered, and then it'll be done until the next step awesome you know? it's a lot of steps but like every time it gets one step higher up like the quality of hearing something that sounds real is uh it's wild it's wild to hear a recording of music that sounds like oh right this sounds like something that would play somewhere and it's like that's my voice yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's such a head trip i don't know how to reconcile that well, it sounds like it's going to be really radio friendly, and we already know that you're performance friendly. And totally. so those things hand in hand will make for um, a happy future for you in the music business, I would say. I hope so, yeah. I know so. Hey. <laughs> um, well, as far as the business goes, do you want to be more mainstream or part of like a counterculture? You know, can it be both? I like to you think know, that. There's like... When we talk about like indie bands or indie labels, there's something that like kind of feels like you're shooting yourself in the foot 
by calling it indie because it's like this you're priming whoever you're talking to to think like oh well small scale mm-hmm. and it's like why I mean but you know I actually went on YouTube last night and searched music video because mm-hmm. I have I don't know what like huge mainstream pop music like and I was like oh here's a Doja Cat video like I don't know what that is but yeah. I'll watch it <laughs> out of like curiosity and um yeah I mean you know, when you have something with 50 million views in, like, a month, that's a huge number of, like, eyeballs and ears, like, experiencing music. And that's, like, you know, 50 million people's, you know, quick math, 10% of the earth. And also, so, I feel like YouTube and all these social medias are good um, outlets for it. But, like, an indie record label, I feel like they are, are a step towards the mainstream. Oh, absolutely. And then they can get you connected with, uh, like, and so let's talk about that. If there was one big mainstream artist that you could open up for, who would it be? Do they have to all still be alive? No. Oh, okay. Naked the Beatles. The Beatles, yeah. Assuming okay. that they were all alive, all together, and touring still. And if you could record a song with one mainstream artist, would it be the Beatles too? Uh, honestly, I would love. I mean, I would love to record a song with the Beatles to see how all that went down and be part of it. But I'd be more interested in recording with someone like Radiohead to see. It's all it's scientific curiosity, I yeah. guess. Where would you go with Radiohead? What kind of song would you write with them, or what would you want them to do? What would you want to do with them? I don't know. I would want to see where it... I feel like I like... Whatever comes out of Radiohead is usually like an interesting... And every album has sounded different. So I want to know what their journey was and like kind of walk for a little bit through a journey. Because, you know, when you have a a lifelong career, you don't want to write the same song for 50 years. Right. And um, not a lot of bands have really held up throughout the test of time. Like, a band that's been relevant for four decades, mm-hmm. how many can you name? I mean, I don't really know. Right, and that's, like... you know, Weird Al. Weird Al. I mean, he's <laughs> our that's closest. that's an exception, yeah. I feel like because we start to expect um, like a certain brand from an artist we love that when they come out with something new, sometimes it's hard to digest that and hard to accept. It's like I'd rather hear that coming from like a new artist. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And I think it's and that's what's fun about music is and why I'm excited to do more and more recordings as I age is it'll be fun to see. Where the thank you should I lean forward? Probably okay. <laughs> It'd be fun to 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 like hindsight look and see like here's what album one sounded like and here's album three. But that second album you can hear where we were still coming off of the first one and like you know preeminently in the mindset of the third one. Right. And one of my favorite bands, Pink Floyd. I feel like you can really hear step to step each album in the discography like how they got from here to there and it's such a fascinating thing because you know music is all about oh we don't have time but let's say it's partially about uh connecting with people in an abstract kind of language well why don't we play them a couple songs totally yeah and now here's arwin lewis and parker scott on cello with arwin lewis original song winter. Mm-hmm. 
into the night Sundown was long ago Stars inside Haunting me now Is a love we once knew I took for granted When all I needed was you The same bed in the home we built from the floor Write this letter and send to you Praying you will read it, forgive me That was uh, my original song, Winter. This is Arwen Lewis on The Jeremiah Show. And that was my guest today, Parker Scott, on cello, accompanying me. Thanks for playing with me on that, Parker. Thanks for letting me play on it. I mean, it was a dream come true to meet you and Logan because I needed a cellist, and they're both of you were. So that's awesome. Um, And so I don't think we actually talked about this yet. How did you and Logan meet? We met in music school. We were both cellists. And composers and so you know we found each other there and then we split ways for like seven or eight years after graduation and then you know came out to visit and then fell in love with california and here i am okay i guess we did talk about that i mean it's patchy yeah we didn't talk about how you actually met yeah no we yeah we were friends almost immediately awesome yeah And so you just knew right away. Yeah, when you know, you know. That's, you know, that's the (laughs) motto of life, right? Yep. Like we know today is summer, summer solstice. Very true. Um, Well, how about this? If you could change one thing in the world of music, what would it be? I know we already kind of talked about how, um, you know, like calling something indie is a little taboo. But, you know, would you change that so more original music could be in the mainstream? Or, you know, what would you change in the music business if there was anything that you would change? Are you guys down with a fun math fact? Yes. Okay, so I did this calculation. And from the moment that you emerge from the womb to the moment that you're 80 years old, 
if you listen to music nonstop that whole time and you sleep eight hours a night, you can listen to exactly, not exactly, approximately nine million three-minute songs in your lifetime. Which I don't know if that that doesn't really sound like a lot to me because I've listened to like the same song like five hundred times, mm-hmm. you know, and that like that's like a ten-minute song. So we've already eaten like a lot of those. So it just seems like I don't know how you'd fix it, you know, because like so many people have so much to say and like ability, um, you know, and I want everybody to be heard and appreciated. I, but mathematically, I just don't know how we can make that work. So sorry, that wasn't an answer. That was just another problem. No, that was um, like an like let's an existential answer. So oh, we kind totally. of started the foundation That's what you're for get the with answer. Me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> existentialist Parker Scott on yeah, the Jeremiah. Yeah, very true. That's a bummer, actually. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? I know, man. I wish it's like one of those things. You sorry, everybody, if you're listening. Our new artists are on Spotify every week, oh, every have, month, and you know, there's. You know I mean, could I mean? Yeah, you know, there's. Like, as a musician, with the existential dread of being a musician and a, you know, like, because of all the new technology that we have, like, we're, it's very easy to oversaturate the music marketplace. Like, if you can afford a Dell laptop and a whatever, you know, let's say 300 bucks, you can get recording on your album if you have an instrument. Like, that's such a low barrier to entry. I'm not saying that music should be, like, cost prohibitive, because of course it shouldn't. But now tons of people can make music, like, very easily. And all that music is getting shot out there. And how do you choose? Like, I think the one thing I would want to change, I'm going to finally answer now that I've talked in circles until I came up with one, is a better music curation system for the individual. Mm -hmm. Because it has been 12 years since I have found a new artist that I just like lost myself into the discography, like, and as a musician, 12 years is a really long time to not have anything new that you love thoroughly. Yeah. But I'm sure it's out there, but like how on earth am I going to find it when there's, you know, 16 billion artists on Spotify? I don't like, so I guess if we could find a way to, to better describe the kind of music that we like and, to you know group those types of things together because also as a musician you know i don't want to play folky music like to open for a metal concert right you know and the audience wouldn't want that like playing for the people who want to hear what you have to play is what i want and as a listener i want to hear what i want someone to play at me and so, like, what do you want your... Does it depend on what kind of style of music that you're playing that you have a certain expectation for the audience, um, you know, to leave uh, feeling a certain way? Or how do you want to inspire your listeners and your audience? How um, do you move them? Well, it's interesting because up until six months ago, I never sang on a stage mm-hmm. and I didn't write the lyrics to anything. I would come up with musical riffs and say somebody else you know, take it from here, like content wise. So to me, music is like about the sonic soundscape more than it is like the words. Right. I don't listen to that first, but I realize I'm in the minority there. So for me, I would want someone to be like, wow, that chord progression and like use of sound space was crazy. And that's a unrealistic expectation to put on my audience. But now that I've started writing lyrics, I think that like I'm listening to them more. Yeah. I, I was like learning a Credence song 
and because I had to learn how to sing it, I had to learn what the words were. And then I thought about the words for just like a second. And I was like, wow, this is actually a great song. Like I've always liked the sound of it, but I didn't know the content of it. So really, I guess, short answer. <laughs> I know it's too late for that, but here it is. Is I just want the audience to be engaged with what's happening in the moment. All right. And I think that you're going to give us an example of maybe what you do now and share your song Smile with us. Oh, great. We'll be right back. We're here with singer-songwriter Arwen Lewis, and our special guest on the show show today is musician Parker Scott. Be right back. Stay with us. Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio, the Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio dot rocks. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear, and we're going to be on tour this summer. Hope to see you guys out there. Take care. Good day, my friends. I'm Billy Mandarino, the Nowist. How healthy are your relationships with other people? Do you find yourself consumed with feelings of joy or sadness when that person's face appears? Whatever your answer is, I have discovered a secret for successful connections with other human beings. After interviewing 100 couples, this simple phrase is the most powerful and transformational technique of them all. We don't keep score. There it is. In short, it means being of service to the other and not asking for credit. It's all about learning the art of attraction and the rules of being a human. Go to BillyMandarino.com and discover more. Hey, everybody. This is Parker. I'm here on The Jeremiah Show. I'm a singer-songwriter, musician from San Luis Obispo, and I'm part of the band Walk the Whale. You can find it at WalkTheWhale.com, as well as a link tree to all the relevant social media platforms. With the Jeremiah Show.
Welcome back. This is Arwen Lewis on The Jeremiah Show. And I am here today with singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist from the band Walk the Whale, Mr. Parker Scott. And Parker Scott and myself will be at the Hitching Post Tasting Room this Sunday, June 25th from 2 to 4. And we'll be performing together, uh, doing some stuff on our own and collaborating. And now you're going to hear Parker Scott perform his original song called Smile. Thanks so much. Dead on my feet. I need 
need caffeine and nicotine Need a drink, need to sleep dead on my feet Need caffeine and nicotine Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi, my name is Zara Knight, and I'm with Farm Jam Music Festival. I'm Greg Knight, and I'm with Farm Jam Music Festival as well. Real farm, real people, real music. And And you're you're listening listening to to The Jeremiah Jeremiah Show. Show. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of The Jeremiah Show. So listen. Y'all just heard Parker Scott performing his original song named Smile. Uh, Parker, I really heard like a Radiohead and Kurt Cobain vibe in there with, of course, primarily your artistic intelligence. Um, Would you say that those artists inspired you at all in that song and that style? Or, you know, where did you, um, you know, find the inspiration to write that song? So the song started off as a fun guitar riff that I found, which had nothing of what we just heard it actually sounded like really like a flamenco style guitar song uh-huh. and it was like to the point where i was gonna have to outsource somebody to write words in spanish for it because it just didn't make any sense in english and i was like nah <laughs> i don't want to do any of that so i reworked like the chords into that kind of like chunkier grunge riff okay. and honestly like as a songwriter i can say that i've been fighting what my voice is for most of since puberty (laughs) you know since that new year's ball dropped and um you cut that (laughs) that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so like it was only very recently where i like finally came to terms with having a low voice Mm -hmm. so the way that the song you know sometimes you just you start a song and you feel like once the first little bit is done it kind of writes itself because 
like this thing logically follows into this thing, which goes into this thing. So like once I found that texture and like that range in my voice, it all came together. That being said, yeah, the the verse sounds a lot like Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. and the chorus sounds a lot like Radiohead. But it wasn't intentional. But it, you know, you do end up sounding like what you listen to. I also felt like it was totally your own as well, and that's what makes a great songwriter, right? Like, and that's what the tradition I think, or I know, of folk music mm. is originally to you know share all these songs and ideas, and then each artist expresses it within their own way because that's like the organic process when music comes out of a person; it's coming from them, and you know nobody else has the energy that you do besides you, Parker. And I heard that right. in that song, and that's why as long as it takes, you've got to find the way to make your own voice work because if you don't it won't be you and it won't express what you really need to totally it's like you do what you do really well right and And don't worry about what you don't do that you don't do you know like i don't need to be like a soprano jazz singer because i'm not no and you know you don't need to be because you and honestly a baritone voice is kind of hard to come by too so you know there's probably somebody else out there with a really high voice that wishes they could sing like you so well off to meet them yeah (laughs) well i'd say you compliment logan really well because logan's got that soprano and you know it's just amazing to see you guys play together band walk the whale well i want to quote britney spears who quoted pablo picasso (laughs) Wait, I don't want to laugh when I say that. Anyway, I want to quote Britney Spears, who quoted Pablo Picasso. And he said, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. And I'll say you did that, Parker. I love that one. And so where did this, you know, what was the artistic drive for the band name Walk the Whale? Um, Well, you know, you got to call yourself something unless you're the artist formerly known as Prince. Um, So a lot of names have been taken, but... Logan's husband's Josh's friend's dad used to yell drunkenly on the couch to, as an imperative statement, to take their obese dog on a walk. And he would yell, walk the whale! And, um... That is what we have. (laughs) And, you know, it's the cutest thing. They bring these beautiful stuffed whales to each show, and they also have a whale, like, it looks like a... Tapestry banner thing. Yeah, Yeah. but it's, like, very sophisticated, like, Asian-influenced art. It looks like it, yeah. Yeah, and it's such a vibe when you guys play. Like, it's so... It just takes you into another dimension. People always think we're going to be surf rock, and it's like, oh, no. (laughs) Not even, like... So far. But, you know, when you pluck the cello, there's something about it, not a whale, but it reminds me of like a walrus, you know, from a oh, Disney absolutely. cartoon. That's like, why the Beatles use cellos and I am the walrus. Yes, exactly. And so that all ties us back into the fact that, um, you know, you've kind of created from your biggest influence, like yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. And... Well, anyway, I'm, by the way, I'm so excited about, thank you for sharing the show at Hitching Post with me this Sunday. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, gives me something to do. Yeah, (laughs) me too. (laughs) And so I've had uh, the great opportunity to book all the shows at the Hitching Post concert series uh, for this summer. And my name's Arwen Lewis. You're on the Jeremiah Show here with Parker Scott. And um, we'll be having concerts at the Hitching Post Tasting Room every Sunday. Um, The last Sunday is July 9th uh, from 2 to 4 p.m. Come on by for some magical music under the oaks. 
can drink Hitching Post wine, order food from the restaurant, and enjoy the good vibes from all of the unique and beautiful artists that we have booked this year. And thank you so much, Jeremiah, for having me on your show. Thank you, I, Parker. You've taken over the show. It's your show now. Again, <laughs> I said that last week, Arwen Lewis's show. You don't need to say my name anymore. I'm just here kind of observing, and I love uh, the music. Parker, thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, Parker Scott's in studio. If you missed the live music, the song that Parker sang and that Arwen sang earlier, Winter, uh, what was the name of your song? Again? Smile. Smile. Smile and Winter. Love it. Um, Go back. Podcast is up everywhere. Share it. Uh, spread the word. Can't wait for the new album. Same. You have to bring it back here. Absolutely. Love to talk more and play yeah. it. com and our on our Instagram, IG, Arwen Lewis. YouTube, Arwen Lewis. Walk the Whale on YouTube. Absolutely. Check it out. I've got it open. I can't. I can't. And Instagram. And Instagram. And, and Walk the Whale. All those social medias. Yeah. Same. Walk the Whale. Okay. Walk the Whale Band. Frank Iostini, thank you so much for this last weekend. We were up in Arwen. You guys hosted. It was amazing. Jeff Elliott played. Uh, Frank Iostini, of course, is a uh, chef, winemaker, and owner of the Hitching Post. The Hitching Post Summer Concert Series put on by Frank Iostini, Hitching Post Wines, and Arwen Lewis. Who are you going to have next week here in Um, the studio? We'll have About Time. About time. Yep. So it's about time you brought in about time. I know. And they're they're fun too. They're cosmic California <laughs> rock. Like a couple who uh, met on the playground in grade school and they've been together ever since. Oh that's a, lot a of cool fun. story. Very yeah, they'll be a lot of fun, but equally as fun as Mr. Parker and with Jeff yeah, Elliott. We're not taking anything away from you. We can't yeah. wait to see you this weekend. And uh, if it was like last weekend, I hope it's just beautiful, a little breeze. Oh yeah. Have a nice cold beer and some good food.
this is comedian Maz Jobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, your loved homes. I love you.